Hi, and welcome to the Trauma of Bonding with Heather and Kaya. This week, we will be discussing how we got together to make this podcast. You ready to trauma bond? Trigger warning for multiple mentions of abuse. Welcome to the Trauma of Bonding with Kaya and Heather. Hello, welcome. Yeah, today I think it would be a great idea for us to finally talk about ourselves and our upbringings and our introductions in general just because I don't think our listeners know anything about us other than the very little glimpses they've had into our lives mm-hmm. yeah so a little intro to us episode yeah more intro- or less. I'll probably title it introducing us just so it's really clear what we're doing here today yeah um so do you want to jump right in do you have any interesting things from your week that you want to talk about oh man I mean I was just thinking I need to start drinking coffee before (laughs) we record it's Wednesdays man I'm tired but you work today don't you I did yeah I'm like working all like a normal work week so like exhausting for a person with disability fucking approaches you know I'm on my feet the entire damn time yeah, Sorry. I don't know why more companies don't do what Aldi does. Like that, other countries, their grocery stores and things, they have seats. What mm-hmm. What's the deal with American culture? And I literally, like, we must exhaust our employees. Literally yesterday, I think it was, I was talking to a customer um, that I was bringing up about that, where she was like, "Yeah, I lived in Europe for like a while, like a few years," and she's like, "Yeah, everyone sat down, like that was the norm." So then um, when she came here, oh, no, 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 that's what she was saying. She's like, when she got there and everyone was sitting down, she's like, they let you sit? And they looked at her like she was stupid. They were like, yeah, they let us sit. Like, what? Wow. (laughs) Because in America, you look, I don't know, quote unquote, unprofessional. And lazy. Laziness is sort of the sin of capitalism. I mean, Mm -hmm. At least in America. I can't speak for capitalism elsewhere. But if you're seen as lazy, I mean, if like if you're a disabled person who needs to sit down, right? Or if you're pregnant and need to sit down, you're viewed as lazy. And I think that's an atrocious opinion. And it's like, I can get just as much work done sitting as standing. If not more, more because I'm not thinking about how much my feet fucking hurt. Exactly. Or your legs or anything else. I mean, I know someone who was pregnant who got to use a stool during her shift Mm -hmm. when she worked at Cub Foods. Yeah. And everyone was just like begrudgingly giving her her stool every day. And she was like, at some point, I just stopped asking, even though my back was in excruciating pain because they made me such a nuisance that I felt stigmatized against. And I was like, that's exactly what they were doing. (laughs) They were stigmatizing you. They were being, well, it's also kind of if if you get like that quote unquote special treatment of a stool or whatever, then everyone else is kind of jealous. Oh yeah. And so then they treat you like shit too because they're like, well, why don't I get a stool? Exactly. Oh, well, she's pregnant. She did that to herself. Well, it's like, okay, oh my god, but... and I hate I hate those arguments because it's like, would you say that to someone in a wheelchair? You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. It, <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's an absurd situation in general. <laughs> Anyways. Anything else that happened to you this week? You had had an eventful week in positive ways, too. I mean, well, this weekend was um, fun. Like, I actually had a normal weekend. um, Like, two two days off in a row. Ooh. Because they've been, like, I don't know. They've been trying to, like, I guess, figure out my schedule. I'm pretty open, so they kind of, like, schedule me how it fits with their schedule. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've been finally like scheduling me like a normal five day week and then two days off instead of a lot of you know a lot of jobs like Target or other jobs like that they'll give you like random one days off here and there. Yeah, I fucking hate it. And it's the it's horrible because you don't have time to actually relax. Like you have your day off, but then you have to go to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um. (laughs) Yeah, so I finally had, like, a normal weekend, and it was the weekend, so, like, Saturday, <laughs> I kind of overdid it, <laughs> you know this, because I was, I texted you, mm-hmm. um, but I had a, a brunch, um, friends of ours, 
there we have this group called the Lavender Mafia. They also have a podcast. We can uh, link it. Um, we we listen to all the podcasts. Um, but we have a group called the Lavender Mafia, and we had um, it's like Christian, or not Christian, but like spiritual, mostly Christian, but spiritual queer people that gather to talk. And we had brunch Saturday morning. And that was great. And then um, that afternoon, evening, um, another friend of mine from um, another spiritual community, she had a gigantic, incredibly, well, like, amazing, so fun, coming out party. Um, It was so cool because she, um, she's old. She's, like, my age, like, 30s. Ancient, heard you. You know, old lady. Um, <laughs> but I think she's even a little older than me. But she's in her 30s. And um, she was also raised Christian. And she went to the theological seminary in Pasadena. And um, has worked. I think she might. I don't think she's employed there anymore. But she was employed there. Um, so she was kind of out to people here and there but not super publicly out because it wasn't the greatest idea in her like life. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I get um, it. So however the circumstances worked themselves out, she finally was like, I'm just going to come out. So she threw this giant coming out party and it was so fun. Um, yeah. There was lots of drinking, lots of, white people terribly dancing yeah i saw there was like one of those leaf walls to take photos at yes yeah she got this really cute leaf wall background that said so gay in gold letters that's (laughs) amazing and i love everything about that so yeah i definitely ever didn't pay for it the next day i could hardly function but you know did something slightly normal for once so it was kind of (laughs) nice i love that for you yeah um enough about me yeah my week was not as eventful I got a job which I'm excited about um pays a lot better I mean it pays more than any job I've ever had before so even if it's garbage work which it probably will be it's still a lot of money (laughs) so I was like you'll be able to pay rent you'll be able to pay some back back rent exactly I can actually afford to live I I can afford to live again which is actually live and like thrive and not just be paycheck to paycheck like I can actually start putting money in a savings account now so that's fucking fabulous um so I did that working on school every day because I hate it (laughs) I hate it so much it's for the greater good um so that's my week very How, how is school going I mean, um besides it's going know. it's i don't know <laughs> i'm not excited to be working again just because i know that i'm already struggling and it's only two classes what mm-hmm. am i going to do during fall semester when i'm in three classes working full time and um trying to like have an active social life <laughs> yeah you know yeah. but i mean i'll i'll find a way it's it's you know i'm good at time management when i'm on a crunch like when I have to yes I'm great about it if I have too much freedom that's where I'm lax and I'm like I procrastinate but if I literally cannot like I'm I'm hyper focused on getting both of us both of us are amazing at doing it like at the last minute and getting it done well we need pressure I mean yeah we need that pressure of someone being like it's due at midnight okay I'm gonna let me slam this out real quick bitch you'll have it by 11 59 but you're gonna have it but and it's gonna be you know grade a it's gonna be amazing but it's well you know (laughs) I'll say I'll say it'll be passable I mean I've got for me (laughs) I've gotten nothing but 100s so far well there you go so So obviously I'm doing something right I've been trying to like start things early enough that I'm not I don't know I'm trying not to procrastinate because I know yeah. it's a bad habit and I'm trying yeah. to like work on self-growth well that's and good I'm gonna have to do that this fall too god oh! we're in it together friend in it together it's all right we can we can commiserate when the time comes oh uh, it's gonna be fabulous and <laughs> oh my god audience oh it's gonna be incredible so you college sorry guys uh, students <laughs> out there that um feel our pain we would love to hear about it on our social medias please give us all the comments about how horrible your school experience is and tell us about the little wins i mean 
Oh yeah. This is not an easy process. Like if you're going back to school, if you're just starting, like it's incredible that you're doing anything to, you know, grow your career or grow yourself. It's, Mm -hmm. it's hard, but it's all worth it at the end. Completely. Not that I would know I've dropped out two times, so I haven't reached the end yet, but I'm assuming I'm keeping that hope alive. (laughs) Um, It'll be worth it. (laughs) I, fingers crossed. Um, but today we're going to be talking about sort of, um, our lives leading up to me and Heather meeting, um, maybe a little bit into what's happened after we met, just because it led to this moment now where we're talking to an audience Mm -hmm. together. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? You want to go first? You want me to go first? You want to go first? (laughs) I feel like I'm always making you, you go first. I feel kind of good about it because I get to set the tone for the episode. I don't know. I feel like, okay, Kaya, you've got to like, you've got to make it like start spicy so we can get on a roll. You know what I mean? Like, uh huh, yeah. And it sort of sets a structure because you talk a lot, Heather, and I, I love know. you. I'm so but sorry. If I Tell let me you to go shut first, the fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be like, well, if I talk for ten minutes, maybe Heather will take the hint and try to limit That's herself. That's true. Too. That's true. It if I go first, I ramble. So you have to, yeah. You, yeah. you are correct. <laughs> you set a structure and then Heather will stick with it. But if you don't <laughs> yeah. set a structure, Heather will just go off. And all of a sudden we're talking about like elephants. And I'm no better. Well, when, that's like our. Response, it's our thing. Our first, uh, our first recording of our first episode that you will oh. never hear. Um, yeah, I fucking talked for <laughs> an hour and a half. I think I, I stopped you at some point and I was like, this isn't working. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh no. And then we recorded it again and that's how you got our actual first episode. Yes. Was us deciding, okay, Heather, maybe this is not the best train of action. Especially nope. we had an actual topic that episode. Yeah. And it was taking way too long to get to it. I was like, this is an episode all in its own talking mm-hmm. about ourselves. Maybe we should yeah. break this up a little bit. <laughs> like, exactly. we'll have, this is a separate hour and a half long episode. We don't need to be here for three and a half hours. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to get bored and turn it off, which is totally fine and understandable. Anyway, right. so you go first. <laughs> so me. So I was born in Minnesota. I grew up in Minneapolis with a single mom, um, an abusive single mom, very narcissistic, with a grandparent who, uh, you know, raised a very narcissistic child. So she obviously wasn't a great support either because she had a lot of similar traits. My mom died when I was 12. I moved to the suburbs with my grandmother. And that really wasn't that much of a transition just because um, I'd been at her house so much growing up because my mom worked a lot. She was a single mom. So she was always working or with her like boo or whatever, you know, (laughs) didn't have a lot of time for me growing up. Mm. Um, I was pretty much raised by my grandparents, I would say. I had a bedroom at their home. So I had my own little bedroom. I was there five days a week to go to school up until third grade. Oh, damn. Um, Yeah, but I had a pretty, like, with them, I had a pretty interesting and picturesque childhood. I mean, I would go fishing with my grandpa. We had a cabin. He got, like, a new boat every five years. He got a new truck every five Mm. years. Like, they had money yeah they had a nice house in the suburbs with an acre and a half of land he had three sheds and he had two gardens in the backyard and flowers everywhere like a shit ton of trees like it you know a very beautiful home that they had um so I got to go there pretty much most of my childhood which was great because it actually like okay I get to see what a healthy like life can look like because my grandpa Mm -hmm. he didn't talk much he was very dry he was very crass but he was you know we got along very well yeah (laughs) we're very similar (laughs) now that I'm an adult I was gonna say dry crass hmm sounds like (laughs) right no so I got a lot of his traits a lot of my traits from him um which I think has benefited me just because I haven't ended up much like my mother thank Mm. god yeah god <laughs> yeah from what i've heard of her i don't think we would be friends <laughs> you know you wouldn't have, i mean people like her. i've had she enough was, of those <laughs> right she's very good at making herself likable to people who don't um yeah don't actually know her so she's very mm-hmm. good at perception plays so that's yeah. true of a lot of narcissists they're very good at making themselves seem likable and friendly and like 
people love them, but the people mm-hmm. closest to them get to suffer because no one yep. believes them when they say, oh, I'm being abused. But right. your mom is so nice and she loves so you. Nice. Whatever she does, she's probably doing it for your benefit. Like, no, she's just abusive. I don't. Yeah. Why won't you listen to me, please? <laughs> I'm 10. Help. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So oh, she I died. Way. I moved in with my grandma, who was really no better. She was just a mm. grieving woman who refused. I mean, she put me in therapy the second she could, even though she refused to go to therapy herself because she didn't think she had anything to work what? on. Yeah. So I was being forced to go to therapy. So I was like, okay, bet. And so I was super horrible to my therapist. I was bad to my grandma. Like, I would just run. I would run away from home pretty frequently. Like, I would just disappear for, like, four days. Oh, wow. No one knew where I was. I would go to my friend's house and just be gone. And then I would come home. Mm-hmm. And eventually, the last time, she was like, if you leave, when you, like, I will call the police and they will take you away. And I was like, do it, bitch. Oh! <laughs> No. The and they <laughs> took me to a group home. So I got to stay in a group home for a year because my grandma kept refusing to take me home. I would have been there for six months if she would have told the court, wow. yes, I'll take her home. Wow. Um, so therapy twice a week, group therapy, anger management class, which was mandatory. I was like, I'm not angry. I'm just uh, like frustrated because no one listens to me. Why won't you? Like- I, I, I have my own qualms against anger management. In a group therapy. with girls aged 12 to That's 18. The stupidest thing. Like, of course you're mad. I'm your in a group. Life sucks in your teenager. It's like, I'm, look a, I'm a prisoner. <laughs> I'm out. I'm black and I'm going to a school that's 99% white in the, in the deep suburbs. I'm talking like I got called a nigger by one of the rednecks. <gasps> Like, yeah, wow. like I tried to say he I was friends with one of the boys. And then um, I, we were just in class like we were doing a group project together, some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And he we ended up liking each other. Like we really like legitimately got along. And so I said yeah. hi to him in the hallway and he was like, why is the nigger talking to you? <gasps> I was like, oh, oh, oh and this was the yeah, this is the group of kids that like drove their ATV to class every day. Oh my <laughs> like, god. The duh. weirdos that wore camo every day. I was like, okay, I'm not shocked that you said that. But yeah, no kidding. Still, like fuck, it's it was like 2013. This was not like you know, 1952. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not, not acceptable. long ago. God, my old ass was in college. <laughs> yeah. I was a freshman, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah I ended I left the group home after a year finally went home did the same shit because I was like well you kept me out of here for a year and now I'm a ball out I'm gonna do what I want right because you mean, kept me cooped up at that point <laughs> right so I started the same behaviors again I was good for like a month and then I was like you're still acting the same the thing about mm. these situations is you they the, the county puts so much emphasis on trying to change the kids. Yep. But they're not changing the situations at home. I so you're say, expecting... they need to they yeah. need to focus on the parent or caregiver or guardian. Like Yes. They should like, have to be in therapy too. My grandma should have been expected to be in mandatory therapy from the county as well. Yeah. There's no way you can't just change people. You can't mm-hmm. You cannot put a kid back into the same situation with the same circumstances and expect for them to just be a perfect change. Same right. thing. Obviously, yeah. they're reacting to stimuli that's mm-hmm. not having a positive impact on their behavior. Maybe you should consider that before putting. I mean, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, but yeah. <laughs> so I was home for a little bit of time. Then I got arrested again for like literally the same reason. I went to county homeschool this time. So I went to kitty jail. Like I had a cell. Yeah, literally. I had a cell. I had cellmates in a cell block. Like we had prison food. Like (laughs) I can't I'm not kidding. I'm so (laughs) serious. And so I was there for nine months. I was only supposed to be there three to four months, but I was acting a fool because I was like, uh fuck you guys and the clip that you claim. Y'all not finna put me in a cell and expect me to behave myself. And I wasn't even that bad. I just talked a lot of shit. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, as one does, I I I was like 16 years old. Like I, what was I going to do? You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I went to court on my 16th birthday, my 16th birthday that day, February 26th. And they were like, yeah, so you've been acting a fool. We're going to keep you there for like six more months. So I was like, wow. So I hyper hyperventilating left the courtroom because I couldn't breathe because I was like, I thought I was going home today. Yeah. Um. And my grandma was there. She refused to let me use my cell phone to like call 
my friends and tell them, hey, I'm not I'm not coming home today. She was just like, fuck it. You can't talk to them. Like, you just get to go back to your your prison. I was like, okay, bet. Anything this is going to make me. That was sort of the moment for me when I was like, wow. Like, this woman really doesn't give a rat's ass about me. She just cares how I act. That's not Oh, yeah. 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 As long as I'm palatable and and easy to deal with, I'm totally fine and I'm cool. But the second that I have human emotions, I'm a problem, then I'm not worthy. And that's sick. Um, so I, I went question <laughs> mm-hmm. because this is your your mom's parents, so they're white. Yes. Do you think she had any like you know prejudice against like you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> um, I think well, she my grandpa did, so I wouldn't be my grandma's weird. I don't. I don't think so. I think she's just a bitch. I really okay. Okay. She told my mother when, and my grandpa agreed. Basically, was like, "Well, I hope." Well, my grandpa said this. My grandma just sort of co-signed it. He was mm. like, "Oh, you're you're messing with black guys. Like, oh, you better expect to be a single mother then. Prepare yourself." Wow. And my grandma was sort of like, "Yeah." Wow. So, <laughs> so they had their opinions well, about. Yeah, that's- that's kind of like my brain goes to like old white lady where it's like oh yeah she's like I don't know acting ghetto and acting out you know what I mean like gross stuff like that like I can just I, see I don't her think... brain making weird excuses but I don't know her so I, don't I don't think know. for her I think she think I mean she didn't like that my mom lived in the inner city with me I think that was part of it was she didn't want me to grow up that way she equated inner city with bad right Right. But yeah. I think I was I'm light skinned though, so I think she could sort of surpass some of her opinions of mm-hmm. people of color because I don't act quote unquote I don't yeah. act like that. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think it's sort of the opposite where she was like, Oh, I do have a grandchild of color, but they don't act enough like a person of color for me to stigmatize them, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. or marginalize them. Interesting. So I think she wanted to raise a, a good little little uh Christian right white kid that had a little bit of a tan oh my god (laughs) so (laughs) anyways so I went to got out of county homeschool went into foster care with an abusive foster parent who used to lock me in my bedroom at night loved that that's fun left there to go to a kinship foster home my grandparents neighbors um they it's a kinship home is when you open up a foster home for someone that you know so a kin Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So I lived with an Asian family for my senior year, my part of my junior year going into my senior year of high school. Cause they were like, we know you, you've been around our kids. Like you, we trust you. Mm-hmm. We have an extra bedroom in our house. So if you want to come stay, like, so you don't have to be in foster homes that you don't know anymore. And I was like, please, please. Oh yeah. Uh, so my social worker got me hooked up there. So I stayed there for the rest of my senior year. And then they were like, at the end of that year, they were like, so we're going to California for vacation. Can you like be out by the last week of <gasps> school? Oh, and I was like, okay. Um, okay. So I moved into my friend's house, my best friend at the time. And they were it was an abusive climate. I mean, like mm. people getting th- chairs thrown at them. <gasps> really? Oh yeah. Someone got a, oh, someone shit. got thrown down the stairs and knocked out for like good god a good couple of minutes. Like it was horrifying. Like it's really Ooh. abusive situation with children involved. So that was really fun for me because I basically became a surrogate mother for one of these kids. Oh Stayed god. Stayed with them for quite a while. Got my own apartment. Moved back in for a little while because the apartment didn't work out with the person because they threatened to smash my face through a mirror because their boyfriend was basically living with us and I was like well if he's gonna live here he needs to pay a bill and she got mad yeah oh wow so why 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 do women stick up for their shitty boyfriends he wasn't even shitty he was a good dude I was just like if we're breaking our lease so to have him stay so here she was shitty. Got it. <laughs> yeah because he didn't disagree he was like okay I can put a little money in she was like no you don't live here you're not on the what lease the and I was hell? like then put him on the fucking lease then right Duh. yeah Jeez. but <laughs> so boy. that happened that was delightful um <laughs> so I moved back in with them and then I ended up we all got kicked out randomly one day. Like the dude who owned the house came downstairs and he was like, I'm going to need everyone up out of my house by Saturday. The fuck. And he said this on like a Thursday. Yeah. Because he was moving his mistress in and he wanted everyone out, including his girlfriend of 19 years 
who lived in the house as well. So he was like, y'all need to get the fuck up out of here so I can move my 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 Russian mail order bride in. So oh, classy, classy, <laughs> as we classy. called her. Um, so we all got the fuck up out. And so one of my coworkers let me move in with them temporarily while I looked for more secure housing. I was only there for a couple of like maybe a month. And the mom was actually like, oh, I saw this listing on Facebook. Do you want to go look at it? It's in a house. It's a room for rent. And I was like, um, absolutely. So I went there met the people wait where am i going with this this is my life story up until now but this completely circumvents how me and you met i know i was like hold on pause this is not <laughs> no no let's back up well let me just finish and then i'll back up to where we're because yeah. it's almost to now this is like a year before right now yeah um so i moved into a room to rent stayed there for about a year and then i moved into the apartment i'm in now that's the end that's basically the gist so- of Kaya's life story <laughs> So, um, did you live on campus at one point when, when you went to the U of M? Yes. So, um, after staying with that abusive family, I actually went to stay in the dorm for a year. I completely skipped that. So I was like, hold up. Yeah. So I I stayed, I stayed for a summer with my best friend's family, the abusive family. And then I moved into the dorm for the the academic year. And then I moved back in with them in the summertime. Okay. That makes sense. So that, that I completely skipped that because I was like, I'll go back. But then I forgot to go back. Oopsie. So I, the, I, for my freshman year of college, I went to the U and I was feeling super alone. That's the University of Minnesota, for those who don't know. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. The University (laughs) of Minnesota. Um, (laughs) Twin Cities. Um, So I went there for my freshman year. I was staying in the dorm. I only had, like, two friends on a campus of, like, 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not good at making friends (laughs) at all. I don't trust people. I've had an interest. I don't, you know, I've moved around so much in my life that it's hard for me to make permanent relationships. How could you? Yeah. Yeah. Because I never know when I'm leaving or what's going to happen. Everything's in flux all the time. So there's no point in, you know, putting in roots. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was feeling really like disenfranchised. My school, there was a huge like scandal where a girl got raped at the party and the football team refused to play because they were standing with their brother. Ew, that's just, wait, how did I not know about that? That's yeah. disgusting. What the fuck? Yeah, so I was feeling super, like, disenfranchised <laughs> with my school at that time. Um, that's gross. And a teacher from middle school um, actually hit me up, and she was just like, I saw your post. How are you doing, hun? Like, because she was a huge advocate. She always knew I was going to go to college and things, but mm-hmm. she could tell I was struggling. And I was just like, I'm having a bad time, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not lit. it's not lit over here. And she was like, well, my brother has a church. I don't know if you're religious, but it's not a super, like, religious church. Yes, it was. But anyways. <laughs> it still was (laughs) it was like a it was full of young progressives so like you know whatever um so I was like yeah I'll come just for community just to like scope it out and see what the fuck is good Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I went there and there were we got broken up into small groups just to have like a little discussion before the actual like service occurred because the sermon was related to a question that they asked of the small group before Mm -hmm. yeah they did that every Sunday where it's like what was it like 15 minutes they would give us a question or yeah. questions that we would mm-hmm. discuss and then they yeah would go into the um sanctuary and have like a 20 minute sermon thingy yeah yeah that was the basic structure of it um mm-hmm. so I got broken up into a group with Heather and her partner at the time um and my first you know Heather's relative Heather's very assertive when she has to be but she's also very I would say quiet in social situations that don't like, you know, she's not comfortable in. Like, she's not religious. So she was in a church environment. So that was probably uncomfortable. Yeah, um, I was there by force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And her partner's the much more extroverted, um, much more like commandeering of conversations. So mm-hmm. Heather's was sitting there. And this is back when you had your long red hair, the ginger. <laughs> So she's just sitting there sort of quietly, just listening, nodding once in a while. And then her partner's just talking over everyone. Yakety, yakety, yak, yak, yak. Yeah. About, about, <laughs> I was like, okay, like, uh, just kept talking. And like, my first thing was like, oh, this person's attractive. But then she just spoke. And I was like, well, that ruined that. <laughs> that ruined that. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember Heather, <laughs> Heather spoke for like maybe two, like maybe two sentences, but it was, I don't remember what the discussion was. It, it's been years. I was but saying, I was no just clue. like, that's an, it, it was, I was like, oh, it's an interesting point. And that's really the only opinion that I had. Um, and then there was another, we met another time and I don't remember. I think it was at like a bar and the church was happening that day as well. And it was like music, like live music or something. And Sequoia was there. I don't think Heather was. Oh yeah. I, I was say I don't recall this. <laughs> yeah. This happened like a couple weeks later. I think Sequoia was there. Cause she sat at our table and Sequoia okay. was just like, Oh, we're having like a friend's giving thing mm-hmm. at our house. Like if you want to come. And I was like, yeah, sure. Cause I didn't have any friends. So I right. Like, you were like, well, I'm being invited somewhere. I should probably, yeah, like, I'm a fucking orphan. Like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> right, right. So I was like, shit, I'll go, even though you talk too much. And I'm sure the evening's going to be, like, at least I'll be around Heather, who talks a little bit less. Maybe that'll <laughs> balance it out a little bit for me. <laughs> so I went to okay. Friendsgiving at their house. And I, you know, had a good time with the dog and Heather. I hated the other people that were there. Yeah, um, yeah, we had a good time. <laughs> yeah, we had to, we got to bond with the puppy and talk shit. It was fabulous. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did you know? Didn't get too personal, but I could tell that I liked Heather. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my side of things. How we got to that point was, you know, just shitty experience at school, shitty people my entire life, and then sort of meeting someone who, you know, as you know, Heather and Sequoia moved away to California like a couple of months after that. Mm-hmm. Um, we lost touch for a couple of years, and then we ended up bonding over. I don't remember Facebook. I think you sent me a message or something, or I commented on something. Well, so what had happened was, um, you when we met, you weren't out, or at least, yeah, I don't think you were out. Like, I don't know if you were out to some people, but you weren't out publicly. I thought I was straight. <laughs> Right. That, okay. I was like, I'm pretty sure you were still in the I think I'm straight phase. Um, <laughs> um, so because we were still friends on Facebook and I saw your relationship status changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like Kai's in a relationship with blah, 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 female name. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You I'm sorry, who? And so I think I, <laughs> I think I must have do them like um, um updates please you're gay <laughs> surprise so that that's what made me I know that's what made me like you know I reach back out basically um was that revelation I I completely forgot about that that's yeah. so funny <laughs> yeah but it just oh that's so funny that that's the thing that bonded us we just kept talking after that slowly yeah. but surely ended up talking every couple of days at that at that point mm-hmm. then we started having marathon phone conversations and then decided hey we talk so fucking much anyways we might as well make a podcast and that's how we got to here <laughs> and i visited a couple times i'd been out to yeah. la back when she lived in la she lives in um san clemente temporarily but back when you lived in los angeles i can yeah. visit, i think twice this will be my third time visiting you for your yeah weekend coming up next week yeah because you came uh it was 2019 yes and you At- came like two months in a row or something it was really funny yeah i, I think christmas. i came two months later i came once yeah the day after christmas you flew out like it was like your flight was like you were here for New Year's, I think. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, I was, and I then, was there for a couple of days, and then I came back for my birthday. For your birthday I know, a month later. I know because when I got home a few days later, the state got shut down. It was the end that's of February. Right, yeah, that's, that, yeah, it was the end of February. Um, and then they were like, coronavirus. And yeah, they, they shut down the state March 2nd, and I got home on like February 28th or something because I came for the yeah. weekend. Something yeah. ridiculous like that. <laughs> Where I was like, well... Fine. Glad At least I got here. one last trip and shit. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So I, I came to that. visit a couple of times. We talked a lot. And now here we are making a podcast together. So that's, that's the very disjointed history of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the disjointed history of me. <laughs> um, so I'm from small farm town in Indiana. Um. 
let's see what else. <laughs> I suddenly blanked. I'm like, what do you want to know? Um, yeah, small town, a farm town in Indiana, raised very conservative Christian, like in an actual cult. Um, as did raised- you have the textbooks? Did you have those like Jesus camp textbooks where they teach you about creation and nothing else? Pretty much, yes. Oh my god, that's incredible. Anyway, um, it's gone. Yeah. So, well, so um, we were in the. They called it an organization. It's a cult, um, called Institute for Basic Life Principles, or IBLP, um, and it was started by this man who. He started the organization, I think, for like. I don't know, missionaries or some bullshit. And then he originally wanted to make a Christian school, but that didn't pan out. So instead he wrote this um, homeschooling curriculum called uh, ATI or Advanced Training Institute. Um, And so my family got super into that when I was just before I was born, I believe, because I have um, two siblings that are 10 and 13 years older than me. Uh, full siblings. Everyone asks if we're like step siblings. It's like, no, my parents had two kids. They were going to be done. And then I think it's around, I think, I think what influenced them, I'm not quite sure, but I think what influenced them is that in this cult, um, birth control is a sin. You're not supposed to quote control God's plan for your family. So I know fucking whatever. Um, (laughs) So um, at 40 and 42, my mom had two more kids. Um, So I have a brother that's two years older than me. And then I'm the last. And I was supposed to be born with Down syndrome. um, But instead, I was born with just a really fucked up heart. (laughs) Well, uh we, we so, love we love that yeah you know either way like <laughs> good times um so yeah raised uh you know very religious very strict um yeah I to this day I am still very iffy about actual science like I don't really know much um that's so weird and shitty to me yeah <laughs> I was because I was taught creationism as fact um and like i was taught that the earth is six thousand years old and the great flood noah's flood happened four thousand years ago like what the fuck um and (laughs) and everything that happened in the bible is true historical fact including the garden of eden um and yeah it's I will interject and say <laughs> scientists have been searching for the what the original Garden of Eden would have been. And they have their speculations that it was yeah. an actual historical place. But, like, it's – the thing is the Bible is just controversial statement. It's just a big fan fiction. Like, it it's is. written – it's multiple books written by a bunch of people. That's mm-hmm. why it's broken up into books because it was written yeah. by different authors. Yeah, And then it was all stuffed together. Some of it is historical fact. So, like, Jesus technically did exist. Was he doing miracles? Debatable. Eh, probably not. Debatable. But was well, he a carpenter dude who definitely existed and had followers? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Rock stars yeah. exist today. So exactly. So, why exist back then? Right. <laughs> Cult leaders exist today. Um, right. So, it's, it's, <laughs> not that, it's not that far from the truth to say that, like, the Bible does have some historical fact, but it has a little bit of razzle-dazzle in there to keep it spicy. It's yeah. got a little sugar in there. Oh, for sure. To I keep mean, it interesting. We were, it's funny because we were kind of, we were even taught, like, the Psalms are songs and poems. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, so that's an entire book that is songs and poems. Yeah, it's just art. And there are other books that are songs and poems and allegory and some, you know, some history. But, like, they take it all as 100% fact. And it's crazy. Where it's like, it's like, okay, but the songs and psalms are not fact. They well, are songs. How, and poems. How, how can you say, like, these things are fact and all of these things, but they're interpreting things? Like, they literally right. say, oh, you... You have to inter- like the Song of Solomon, right? It's literally a big, long sex poem. Yeah, and it's a god. It's considered a godly text. It's a mm-hmm. whole book of the Bible. So obviously, yeah. 
it's something that was included for a reason. Sex is obviously okay, but, but then, then it's like, oh, well, you have to interpret it differently. So is it fact or is it something I was up for gonna interpretation? Say, but then that, like, Song of Solomon makes them uncomfy because it's about <laughs> sex. And it's not even about married people having sex, no, by the way. Isn't it about one of his concubines or something? I, yeah, I think so. What, his I'm favorite? Sure. <laughs> it's like favorite concubine. Yeah. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, but like since that makes them uncomfy, they're like, oh, it's an it's an um, it's a metaphor for God's love for us, and it's like that's gross and creepy, but okay. God wants to fuck me? No, God thanks, wants God. To fuck me? I don't think so. That sounds uh, sounds like Zeus in mythology to be right? honest. Right? I mean, Sick. the more I the I have actually gotten into Greek mythology more within the last year or so. Because mm-hmm. again, I knew nothing because I was taught that it was horrible, evil, satanic, made up bullshit, which is just hysterical. So okay. Like, okay. So I can't believe that mythology, but I have to believe this mythology. Got it. Oh, snap. Um, snap. Hey. But I, since I've gotten more into Greek mythology, I'm like, this is, like, there's so many stories that I've read where I'm like, this is a story, like, the Bible has the same story. And the Bible was written later. Um, in some Yeah, cases. that's what's so, funny like, to me. <laughs> it's like, you're just sharing stories and kind of twisting them a little bit like it's it's the same bullshit it's all mythology it's all mythology guys it's all mythology anyway <laughs> so you didn't know a lot of science growing up so I didn't know science still don't not well I um my, even my college science courses I was an arts major so I didn't have to do a lot but I think I passed them with like b's and c's mainly only because i'm like smart and can memorize but yeah i I was like i don't know what the hell you're talking about but i have the answer for you because you told it to me (laughs) oh my god uh yeah (laughs) that's one of my Um, gripes about school in general is just about memorization but anyways same 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 same. um because you're not learning anything i don't remember anything from those classes um but yeah, so homeschooled, very sheltered, and um, homeschooled by my very abusive and also probably narcissistic mother. Um, she very, and it's kind of funny because we were talking about anger, anger management. She could go to anger management. Um, <laughs> um, there are points that I distinctly remember truly believing she was possessed by the devil she was so scary um and i've even told her about that and she like i don't know her like she tried to apologize but like not really you know it's just one of those (laughs) where she won't she won't actually i'm it her apologies are always oh i'm sorry you felt that way oh my god no bitch like don't even apologize don't even apologize to me then um (laughs) i felt that way because of the way you were acting and you know i was five so what do you (laughs) you're the adult here but okay um yeah so yeah grow up like yeah pretty abusive environment um and that really i believe set me up um to accept abuse as normal and acceptable um i was raised I was raised to be a stay-at-home daughter until I was a stay-at-home wife. Um, And what a stay-at-home daughter, what that means is that you learn how to be a wife and mother. You learn how to cook, clean, all that bullshit. Um, And you're under your, like, dad's authority and protection until you get married. And then you're under your husband's authority. And protection. We love that because we, we all need a man it. to protect us. Yes, and we are just authority. Women. Protect. I'm. A, that's you know not great. Authority. Uh. Uh-uh, fuck off. Um. <laughs> I don't do well with authority now. I wonder why. Um, but that's how I was raised. Um. And my mom was very into this woman named Debbie Pearl, and she wrote this book called "Created to Be His Helpmeet." And it is the most disgusting book. Um, I would love to kick this woman's teeth in. Um, It is all about how women are basically supposed to 
like your whole role is to make your husband happy no matter what. <laughs> so you cook, you clean, you have sex, you know, you are, you are, um, you're not it you're not the wife you're you're the maid you're the cook you're the sex doll wow that's and and the incubator because you're also supposed to be available to have all of your children you're popping out offspring baby yeah um and a big emphasis was put on women basically being how do I word this? Sorry, I don't know how to word this. Um, if your husband is, they won't say abusive, but if your husband is difficult, you are supposed to do more for him, cook more for him, clean more for him, oh be God. available more for him for sex. And if he get and if he's mean to you, you're supposed to just pray to God that God will change his heart, and you're supposed to keep doing things for him. In hopes that God will change his heart and that he'll come around and realize what an incredible woman you are and finally love you. That's sick. So you're taught to try to earn someone's love when that someone is, you know, actively abusing you, actively abusing. But, but I was also, when I, I didn't learn what emotional abuse was until my first emotionally abusive relationship, which I was 19 at that point. Um, yeah, I didn't know it existed. I only thought that um, physical abuse was the only kind of abuse. Um, I did not know that you could be emotionally abused. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that, yeah, the way I was raised really set me up to put up with accept abuse. And not just this. accept it, but like work really hard for the love of people that don't deserve mine mm-hmm. um and so yeah I've had two two bad relationships I've had other relationships that were fine and like you know nothing to write home about um but that one when I was 19 where he was very emotionally abusive he was very um manipulative and he wanted to be like a good christian husband was this um, the was this the one that you talked about in the polyamory episode where he was super jealous and controlling yes. yeah. yeah he okay. like accused me of fucking my guy friends where everyone I'm like, essentially I'm, I'm at a christian college these boys would fall over if they like saw a shoulder like <laughs> right like no one's no one's fucking me it's fine um, <laughs> nothing's happening I slip <laughs> um, but yeah so I that was that situation um, and I actually purposely stayed single for four years after that relationship because I was like oh I need to like figure this shit out yeah because that that's uh, that's when I learned that things like manipulation and emotional abuse existed and um I was first exploring my identity as a feminist. Up until then, I thought it was sinful and horrible and, you know, women's livers and all that shit. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because my, I had a, prof- I had a philosophy professor, a male, a white male philosophy professor at my Christian college who convinced me that it was okay for me to be a feminist. Interesting. And honestly, I think I needed him to give me that permission because at the time, if a woman said that, you know, because oh, I would was have so fucking brainwashed. Her. Yeah, exactly. I was so brainwashed at that point that I needed a man's permission, almost. Yeah. Um, and I will forever thank you, brother Tim. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Um, we stand, brother Tim. We here. stand, brother Tim. Um, but yeah, I just find that so interesting. So I was, uh, single on purpose for four years after that. Also, I was figuring out my sexuality. So I was dealing with a lot and I knew I needed to deal with a lot. Um, but I didn't realize just how much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, excuse me. So, um, four years after that relationship, 
I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm ready to date again. I think, um, I did not think <laughs> I should not have thought. I should have been like, no, I'm not ready. Just kidding. Um, so, uh, my dumbass. Um, so I went to this, this conference for queer Christians. Cause I was still Christian at the time and figuring out like my identity as a queer person and Christian and how could that you know, how could you be those things because um, you have time. come out as bi at this time so you were well not out out but you had sort of yes. come to the realization I'd of, come like, out oh. to myself and um people around me like in college I transferred to a state college and in uh state college I let myself kind of explore like I never was in a relationship but I did date people and like experimented and she was having a hot girl school year I was instead of a hot girl summer hot girl last two years of school <laughs> period what you deserve uh, yeah I did deserve it and it was a great time for the most part um <laughs> minus a couple of nasty moments um but yeah so so I went to this conference and um this girl came up to me and was like I noticed you yesterday I think I was like the second day I noticed you yesterday and just I thought you're really pretty and I just wanted to come over and um introduce myself and whatever and um and she was cute um and I was like oh oh okay well uh would you like my number (laughs) um so we exchanged numbers and then um, that night, it was that night, damn, that night, um, Mary Lambert was doing a concert for the conference. And she's the one that sings um, uh, Same Love. Not, well, that's the Macklemore song and she sings the hook on it, but she yeah. has her own song. She keeps me warm. Uh, um, okay. okay, okay. Is but like, it's from the, that's, that's that, the, the hook is from that song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she was singing and, uh, my, the girl was like, oh, do you want to go to the concert with me? Like with me, with me. And I was like, okay. Um, so we went to the concert together and God, it, this makes me so sad because the way we met was so fucking cute. <laughs> and I'm you pissed. can you can I'm recognize you can recognize the good times while also yeah. recognizing that the relationship itself was incredibly toxic and bad oh, for you yes for it's sure. it's unfair to completely discredit any part of your experience i think Definitely. i think oh for because sure. i think that makes it there were good like, things that oh, happened maybe there's an open door there's no quote like no you need to recognize that all of oh, this yeah. happened <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah so um went to the concert and the so she sang a bunch of other songs which oh my gosh her concerts are amazing if anyone ever gets a chance to go to them you will laugh you will cry you will go through she has bipolar and she gives you bipolar in her concert where you're just up and down and up and down it's the best thing ever um (laughs) so and she jokes about that so that's her words not mine okay um, sorry just to clarify um she she jokes that she her mom asked her like mary are you trying to give everyone else bipolar <laughs> she's funny yeah so anyway um so at the end of the like her like encore song was she keeps me warm and she um like there was a open because this was in a um good god my brain convention center um so she was like up on a made up stage kind of thing and we were just down on like one level below on the floor so there was like some open floor between the stage and the seats um so for the last for that last song she was like i want to invite anyone who wants to to come up and dance with their partner oh um because i know a lot of you aren't out 
and can't be out or never got to experience like prom or anything like that. Wow. Wow. And so, um, you know, I want you to have this, this chance to like dance with a person that you care, you know, love or like, or dating or whatever, like just to kind of have that be free. experience. Be yeah. free. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, th- that moment was really neat for like, just to see and like, uh, uh, observe other people that were like, you know, dancing with their their partners that they couldn't. you better stop this emotional crying ma'am wipe them tears <laughs> anyway enough um so so i was the one who was like i could tell she wanted to dance and i was like do you want to go dance so we went and danced and it was precious and sweet um <laughs> so then we um so this the conference was in Houston of all places, but I lived in Indiana and she lived in Minneapolis. And um we realized that and we're like, okay, well let's, you know, keep each other's information. And pretty much nonstop talked and against my better judgment within a week she was like Will you be my girlfriend? And I said, yes. Against my bet. And that was first red flag. <laughs> yeah, that's quick as shit. Even Very for lesbians. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I was living with my parents at the time. I graduated college. I was living back home trying to figure out what the fuck to do with myself. Um, oh, you mean you didn't want to follow your, your family's dreams for you of being a homestead wife? Oh, no. Definitely You not. sure? Wow. I mean, be kind of difficult considering I can't have kids. (laughs) Well, you could just try and Jesus will help, you know. Well, uh, as your mother seems to think. I was going to say, I told you this. Uh, I'll tell the audience this. So, because of my heart condition, um, I literally should not have children. Like, biologically, I probably could get pregnant. Um, but when I was 16, my doctor was like, okay, are you on any kind of birth control? Are you being safe? And I'm like, well, I'm abstinent, but okay. Um, (laughs) nothing is happening. Um, but then he was like, okay, well, this, I just need, I really want to like drive it home to you how incredibly dangerous it would be for you to get pregnant and like have a child yeah attempt to carry a child to full term and carry a child and he like told me this horror story of some other patient with a very similar condition to mine having a child and like getting through the pregnancy and birth just fine and then three months later um dying of like her heart giving out or like cardiac arrest like some horrible shit what a fucking horrifying story to listen to when you're like 16 but that, I think that was the point. It was kind of supposed to be like, no, this is how fucking serious this is. I like, but damn. But damn. Um, and when, and my mom was in the room when this was happening because she would not let me, I understand to a point she would not let me be alone with doctors. And I kind of get that. Um, but also she wanted to be there so that she can, because she's very controlling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why weren't, why do you think that she wouldn't have wanted you alone with doctors? Well, I mean, not the controlling aspect. I mean, why? Would no, you like, like, um, the more like, I don't know, like he could be a creep. He could be like sexually assaulting, you know, like that kind of nastiness. Okay. Um, so in that aspect, like I too would be like, oh, I'd rather be in the room with my kid. Um, <laughs> that's an interesting like it, it just kind of shows like the fact that that's a because my mom never would have worried about I never would have worried about something like that growing mm. up like my mom had full trust in like professionals in that regard like she was she had the mentality of like I send you to school every day why wouldn't I be able well, to trust the doctor in a room with you for 10 I mean minutes? I was homeschooled for the reason of protecting and brainwashing me yeah so it makes sense that you would have the mentality of like oh there's right. creeps out there there's creeps everywhere yeah um, okay not a super yeah. healthy I mean I can understand caution but like I guess I would 
if a kid is being raised in a way that they're communicative, which you weren't, you were not right. raised in a way right. that it would be like, oh, I trust that mom will protect me if something happens. So if I tell my mom something, she'll believe me. You weren't raised yeah. that way at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. So I think I would have preferred having my mom in the room in case, like, just to avoid yeah. having my mom not listen to me or believe me later. Right. So, for I sure. get it. I get yeah. it in a way, but that's super, like, indicative of how but healthy your upbringing was. Yes. Yeah. And I have a whole theory that, like, um, she it's not Munchausen by proxy because I'm actually sickly. Yeah. <laughs> but she reminds me of that kind of parent where she takes advantage. Look of- at my sick baby. <laughs> she takes advantage of it in a way to control me. Like she took it. I she looking back, she definitely did that. Um, she was very much like in college. Oh, you can't you can't live alone. You can't live alone because what if something happens to you? And like just very yeah, icky stuff. But anyway, um, but yeah, when the doctor told me this, um, we went when we got home. My mom basically was like, "You don't you don't need to like fully." You don't, you don't need to take that so seriously. Um, you know, when you, you can get pregnant and God will protect you and keep you, you know, keep you safe. <laughs> she literally said that bullshit. Literally said that. That's my favorite Linda quotation. <laughs> That's my favorite. God will protect you. Yeah. He's done a shit job of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, what was I? Oh. I don't know that the rabbit trail just kept going anyway I was back home with my garbage mother um and and my great dad my my fine dad yeah um (laughs) he would be a lot better if he could stand up to his conniving wife exactly yes (laughs) can't all be perfect we can't all be perfect but um so yeah I was not having a great time didn't know what to do with myself so when the the girlfriend was like hey move up to Minneapolis with me there's acting opportunities up here um because because Minneapolis is actually a really good uh theater city to preface I have a theater degree that's kind of what I was trying to go into was theater and acting and stuff um so yeah she was like so you know it's it's a great move for you either way and I was like honestly kind of is yeah you're right (laughs) Um, even though I, even though I knew, I knew, I knew that it was, it was fast, but I was just, I think I was just so desperate to get the fuck out of Indiana, Indiana, that I was like, you know what? I'll make it work. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, so moved up to Minneapolis after only five months of long distance dating. This person that I barely knew. Woof. Um, (laughs) At least but you yeah. knew. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I knew. I knew. I just didn't know. I was still learning that I is something that relationship really taught me is that even though I knew now the signs of abuse and what to look for and stuff, I did not know how to listen to myself yet and mm-hmm. trust myself. Yeah. I did not know how to trust myself. Every time I like my mind would be like, ooh, red flag. I'd be like, no, no, you're just being paranoid. You're just being, you know, I would Sensitive. like. I, would- I think that's a big word that a lot of people that are being abused. Like I certainly thought like, oh, you're just being sensitive. Yes. Things like that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. For sure. And then to make matters worse, she would do that for me. Mm-hmm. Where if I kind of was like pushing back against something, she'd very much be like, well, you're just being sensitive. Well, you don't know. She took a lot of ad- a lot of advantage of my ignorance and the situation I grew up in, oh, where I I wasn't really taught um, to manage like my own finances and that kind of thing because that was my quote my husband's job. I didn't need to worry about that. My dumb little lady brain, right? Um, so. <clears throat> That was the big thing where if I ever said like, hey, I think this would be the smart thing to do with our money and how we spend our money. She would come back with like, well, you don't know. I've been on my own since I was 16. 
I've been, you know, I know what I'm doing. You don't know. So I'll take care of it. That is and, not. And, a- and that is what landed my ass in a shit ton of debt. And her ass, I don't know. I, she's must be doing fine because the debt's on me at this point bitch anyway <laughs> that is not indicative of like a healthy partner to just completely discredit someone it's like okay yeah, well no. if I don't know something teach me but don't don't teach me in like a way of like I'm just supposed to take everything you say off blind faith right that's exactly. not healthy There's... either that's exactly how I grew up so exactly but yeah she took total advantage of that um she reminded me sick, a, lot, a lot of my mom and I even told her at one point in our relationship I was like in like later in our relationship I was like you and my mom very very similar very similar <laughs> um that's fucked <laughs> both controlling both manipulative both love to take advantage of you know not knowing things or not being able to do things um yeah that's anyway. interesting because your pre one of your previous relate the the man who was abusive it mm-hmm. sounds very similar to you tend to date toxic people who remind you of your mother I tend to act like my mother in toxic relationships mm-hmm. where I try to cling to the person and I try to change myself and do everything I can to keep them so yeah it's interesting how the, having abusive mothers can manifest so differently anyway <laughs> yeah that is true it's very interesting like what that can do to a person yeah you want um, your mom and I want to be my mom it's sick right <laughs> well I mean it makes sense if we're thinking about this in like a psychological way um that my entire life was my entire childhood was spent trying to win my mother's approval and love so makes sense that I would do that with people in romantic relationships or I would be constantly trying to win their approval and love instead yes. of being like, oh, no, you don't love and respect me. So fuck you. Bye. Mm-hmm. But instead, because of how how my brain developed, it's you're trying to seek that approval. You don't love me. Well, then I have to make you love me. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, you were were taught that with the religious rhetoric, right? Where it was like, oh, if your boyfriend abuses you, you just need to do better. You need to do better. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and that was um, a big thing. Like in that first relationship, I definitely thought that as someone who was still a Christian at that point of like, I just need to like do certain things better. Um, I think at some point I even like asked him to like, start some sort of devotional thing with me and like pray together so we could like grow together in god like all this wow you were doing your damnedest weren't you i was doing my damnedest um and obviously that didn't work Uh, (laughs) and then with um my most recent ex she like i wasn't a christian anymore but i definitely still had that the habit is still was still wired it yeah. still is and I have to I have to notice it and fight it now like I have to notice it and be like nope fuck you um <laughs> we have healthy boundaries in this we bitch. have we're learning healthy boundaries now at 30 fucking years old um <laughs> it's never too late to learn is the lesson here, never kids. too late it's never too late <laughs> um yeah so the same wiring went into that relationship even though I thought oh oh I'm doing so much better oh no I (laughs) yes hey so we may have talked a little bit too much this week so we ended up breaking the episode up into two we're basically giving you a two for one special so you should thank us by following us on social media at trombondpod that's t-r-a-u-m B-O-N-D-P-O-D. That's on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for part two.